Wait, what? I just had dog hair in my mouth. That sounds horrible. Mm -hmm. Hi, everyone. Krista and Drew here. Hello. I'm Drew. I'm Krista. We hope you had an awesome holiday season. Let's talk about our break. Well, yeah. Um, so we were supposed to be back uh, about a week and a half ago, two weeks. I don't know. We were supposed to put out an episode recently, but Krista got sick. And this is despite mm -hmm. her severe and misguided pagan beliefs in the sanctity of vaccinations. And I was obviously forced to take care of her. And mm -hmm. by forced, I mean because I love her. Um, and, of course, I caught it. I became a whining, joyless, bottomless pit of neediness. It's true. It's true. But luckily, <laughs> the Corona 24... Uh, corona. The cor 24 hours of Corona. Um, the coronavirus. Does that come with uh, Lyme disease? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't come up with that. I saw it on the internet today. Okay, I was like, wait, are you really already able to make jokes about? <laughs> no, that that was a, a widespread that, outbreak that's that killing was people. A plagiar plagiarism. Um, but <laughs> to be fair, we were very, very sick for about a week. Mm -hmm. um, it was just a house of sadness and, and despair mm -hmm. and, and snot and. Yeah. And, you know, the other reason for the delay is that, you know, we started this to be way less academic. And yet um, we realized that we were slipping into more academia. So we decided to take a break, uh, take a step back, rethink what Dr. Scarelove is and what it should be. And we came up with this new format. Yeah. I mean, um, I felt like I, I was uh, not doing what I wanted to do. Um, it's not like we have a large sample size, but um, we, it, it's easy for us to kind of slip back into the smoking jacket. I'm going to present this at a snobby New England conference in, in the mountains <laughs> and have three or four people go, oh, oh. <laughs> a little bit of a slow clap, etc. Yep. Um, so we just needed to change stuff up. There's still going to be an academic slant in the episodes, but it won't be the main thrust. Instead, we're going to sit down and ask ourselves, why are we doing this? What's the point? We're not trying to get rich and famous from this podcast, so why are we here? Why are you going to listen to us if you are listening? Well, I can think of two reasons. Yeah. One, um, we like to be scared, plain and simple. Two, um, because of the first reason we went into academia in the first place is to know more i'm you know to new know more yes right? yeah I'm, I'm new to horror and i want to know more about horror we want to know why and we want to know how and we want to know where and we want to know what the fuck is what we <laughs> want to know we will just want if something strikes us in a movie we watched or a book that we read and it seems scary to either of us we're just gonna investigate that topic yep so from this point on, Dr. Scarelove will be less fixated on the academic explorations of hidden meanings in horror movies, but rather explorations into the history of anything scary, anything horror, all things horror, mm -hmm. real life events, books, dog attacks, news politics. stories, politics, <laughs> uh, the upcoming election season, whatever it is, anything that's, <laughs> that, that is scary or intimidating. Yep. Um, that means anything that makes us want to know more. We're going to investigate that and we're going to discuss it on this show. Um, and, you know, by investigate, we mean credible sources such as TMZ and Wikipedia. 
Yeah. My my inner teacher is cringing at that. <laughs> yeah, because that's exactly the thing that we tell uh, our students not to do. Yeah. Um, but we're not presenting whatever the show is going to be uh, at holier-than-thou quarterly. Um, we're just going to collect some info that we're curious about and then talk about it. Mm-hmm. And maybe you seven or eight listeners will like it as well. Yeah. So the bottom line is this. We love to be scared because it makes us feel something and we want to know more and we want to know why. And we hope you do too. That's that's the whole thing. So do you want to follow us down the rabbit hole? Yeah, I'm jumping down head first. This is not a review. This is an impact statement. This is Dr. Scarelove. So recently uh, we watched the movie Haunt, which is a film by Scott Back and Bryant Woods. Um, not to be confused with the 2013 film about radios and EVPs. Wait, what's an EVP? I have no idea. Um, electronic voice phenomenon. That's right. Okay. You see that on ghost shows like, yes. all the time. Yeah. Yes. Um, so this film follows a group of hot people being killed inside a haunted house, uh, blurring the lines between fantasy and reality, which is pretty standard fare. This was uh, produced by Eli Roth, which means I was a huge fan of it without even seeing it because I mm-hmm. like pretty much everything he's done. Um, when people usually don't like someone, I like them. And I'm not saying that no <laughs> one likes Eli Roth. A lot of people do. But, I like Eli Roth, yeah, but, but probably because you do. Some of his movies have not been, they've been, um, let's say, divisive, mm-hmm. um, for lack of a better term. Hostile, Green Inferno, etc. Um, Hostile was icky. That of course, icky. it's icky. That's yeah. the that's the point. It's supposed <laughs> to be icky. Yeah, and I would say I would go a little further than icky. Uh, like icky's like gross. It's like oh, that guy's wearing a trench coat on the bus and his hands in a weird place and there's some movement. <laughs> that's, that's icky. icky. No, that's that's it's creepy, but hostile. it's also icky. <laughs> different kind of hostile, right? Yeah. Well, anyway, um, I was eager to watch it, and to be fair, I wasn't disappointed. But I wasn't also blown away by the movie. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, kind of a just standard slasher film. But it did have something that kind of piqued my interest. Mm -hmm. And that was... Haunted Houses. Yep. Um, You know, it's something that I don't really... I mean, we know a lot about them, but I didn't know the history of it. I think we know about them because mm -hmm. we've been to them. Yes. We know what it's like to be inside one. Yep. And for those of you who haven't, Krista is going to tell you a little bit about what a haunted house is like. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, um, it's nothing new. It's been featured on TV and films. Um, Maybe you've even been to one. But if you haven't, let me tell you about them. Um, At least you know that you're going to go to some location that resembles a house or something else scary like an asylum yeah what else what other what other locations a field are? yeah haunted hayrides that's a thing haunted maze you're from canada they do that up there in canada okay i'm not from canada i'm from wisconsin which she calls lower canada it's so. the same thing everybody um <laughs> fight me you know it's the same thing canada is basically wisconsin yep. wisconsin is canada you know I'm, oh i'm sorry please i interrupted you please go on okay i don't say sorry you say boggle uh, i say bagel 
Yeah. You also <laughs> say magazine. Yeah, it's a, you read a magazine. No, you read a magazine. Oh, my, a magazine. Where else? What other haunted house okay. locations are there? Well, I can't think of any. Well, what's scary? Hospitals, asylums, barns. Fields. Mansions, yeah. fields. I think, mansions. I mean, I can't think of any. Plantations. Plantations. Since we moved to the south, that's a thing. We yeah. live right by something called Plantation Blood, which whenever I oh, see... yeah. When I see the, the billboards for that, I'm like... Graveyards. Graveyards. But hold on. Plantation Blood? Plantation carries with it a little bit more of a connotation, right? Yeah. Than some of these other places. Yeah. So thematically, those might be a little different. I haven't been to one. And but. plantations are supposed to be some of the most haunted places in the United States because of its history and its, um, you know, unfortunate, um, well, it's unfortunate history. Sure. So. But what happens in a haunted house? So you go there with your friends, some, uh, you know, kind of group of people. Maybe you tag along with your with your brother. Wait, hold on. What if you were like, that, like the, the person that goes alone? Like the person that goes to the movies alone. I'm not hating on that. And I'm not hating on people who like go sit I at a fancy restaurant. I would like to know if there are people out there listening who go to haunted houses alone. Yeah. I mean, I've literally never heard of that. I feel that. like it's a it's always a group activity. Sorry. Yeah. Finish telling our, our listeners about what a haunted house is and what it entails. <laughs> and then we'll discuss the creepy trench coat guy that goes on his own. Yeah. So basically you go to this place and you expect to be scared. Um, either it's by costumes, people jumping out at you, lights, strobe lights, um, makeup. You go there to be scared. You're, ex- you know, you're expecting to be scared. Yeah, you, um, you go there and to get your heart rate elevated, etc. But real quick, now that we explain what it is, you always, I mean, you see it in movies and all things like that, and it's always a group of people. I've never in my life till this moment even thought about the possibility of someone going by themselves. No. Because I think half the reason we go to haunted houses is to see the reactions of others. Yeah, and then you're always in line before you go in. You're like, okay, I'm going to hold your hand the whole time. Don't let go of me, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I yeah. I mean, it, it, it's good first date fodder. It's the same thing as like, a, you know, going to see a scary movie. Yeah. Um, with a potential uh, mate. Yeah. Your potential mate. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, instead, special friend, your special friend. Yeah. A special <laughs> friend. Um, but like, you know, then, then you get your partner to like cuddle up on you cause they're scared. Yeah. I mean, you don't do that. You just like cry and pee on the couch, but like, <laughs> um, okay. When have you ever seen me cry and pee on the couch? Well, I haven't seen the pee, but I've seen the cry. <laughs> I just assume the pee is there. <laughs> um, but in a haunted house, the expectation is that even though you, you know, you're going to be scared. You'll be startled. You'll jump. Your heart rate will be up. Nobody's actually going to hurt you. No, you're safe. They're not going to stab you or run you through with a chainsaw. But that's what makes it fun, right? It's the illusion of the threat. Yeah, it's the illusion of threat. There's a veil of performance and pretend that allows you to fall into that fantasy of Halloween. Mm-hmm. But once you've left the last room, you can get your car, go home, and forget all about it. You're not stuck there. And so Haunt kind of takes that a little bit further... Um, it's, you know, like we said, it's not without its flaws. Um, you know, the archetypes, stereotypes, stereotypes. That's my fault. Um, um, I am, sometimes I think things are funny. Um, and that was, uh, archetypes, stereotypes, daguerreotypes, which is a type of old timey photographs. Oh. So I guess, I mean, maybe the haunted mansion has those. Maybe. All right. Keep moving. Keep moving. Uh, 
Drew's just being pretentious over here. I am, I'm always pretentious. Um, so, you know, like we said, there's some plot holes. Some characters are unrealized, underdeveloped. Sometimes they just get killed off and we're like, what happened to that person? It's not really explained. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to suspend your disbelief. Mm-hmm. So, um... But who cares, though? Is the movie fun? It, yeah, it is fun. You know, Isn't I, that the I, point, I, I left the film and I was like, that was a fun film. You left it? Like, you left the living room? Yeah. You know, you walked away from it. You, you walk away from the, the couch and you're like, that was sure. a fun film. Do you look back wistfully at the couch? Thank you for letting me sit on you during this this experience. Only when no one's looking. Okay, fair, fair. <laughs> um, the film, like the very concept the story revolves around the haunted house, exists to scare you. It's equal parts terror and horror, and Haunt does a great job of getting under your skin and keeping you on the edge of your seat. I didn't go into this expecting The Pianist or 12 Years a Slave. Mm -hmm. The horror film can address larger, more socially conscious topics like, you know, recently we've got Get Out, Mm -hmm. Midsommar, what else? I mean, other movies that have been, you know, kind of fixated on social issues. Uh, Revenge is a good one. Yeah. Um, Oh, uh, I talked about this with one of my students. What's the the French extremist? Oh, Martyrs. Martyrs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's commenting on, you mm-hmm. know, the role of women, mm-hmm. uh, the role of race, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but at their heart, horror movies are still about an emotional reaction. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, it, if the haunted house, if it's done well, um, kind of works toward the same end. But where does this idea of the haunted house come from? That's what we want to talk about today. Mm-hmm. We may descend a little bit into academic drivel later. Yeah. But um, I it never occurred to me. Like, in my life, haunted houses have always been a thing. Yep. So where do they come from? Mm-hmm. And just uh, to reiterate, this is not going to be a hard academic investigation into the history of it. We just kind of did some Google searches to find out, you know, where it came from. Yep. Mm-hmm. So um, Homo erectus has always entered willingly into scary or frightening locations. Think rites of passage, um, you know, proving courage or strength, being sent out into the woods. Um, Walking on coals. Yeah. You know, speaking of which, <laughs> when I was uh, looking into this, there's a uh, a Dutch... Uh, someone tell me if I'm wrong, but I think it's a Dutch thing that people still to this day call dropping. That's dropping? the term. I know, which sounds weird. I just pictured Jeff Goldblum in a pile of shit. But, like, um, dropping mean like, people, um, I didn't read it thoroughly because it was kind of weird. I just saw pictures of, like, Boy Scouts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, where parents go out and drop their children out in the middle of nowhere for them to survive. It's kind of like How I Met Your Mother. When, I know, I was know. thinking about Robin. Yeah, and that, that's the thing. So, like, these kind of things are still around. We send people Knife off. Knife needs sharpening. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, there's also, you know, vision quests and Native mm-hmm. American lore, um, being sent into the cave, you know, we'll get into that with mythology and stuff like that, but, um. Shout out to our friend Dustin doing Kiwaska and Ayahuasca. What's it called? Kiwaska? I was thinking Kiwi and then Ikea and then it came out Kiwaska. I don't know why. I was... You mean Ayahuasca? That's, yeah, Ayahuasca. Kiwiwaska. Kiwaska. So is that doing... <laughs> You guys, I'm kind of square. I, I can't. I, I don't do drugs. I don't. I don't know about the drugs. She's only done pot, like, you know, maybe a dozen times. <laughs> um. So yeah, shout out to Dustin Hyman who uh, 
goes on his own vision quests. Yes. Um, whenever yes. possible. Um, find him in a graveyard every once in a while. Yeah. Um, that's his vision quest. That's his, that, that's his journey. <laughs> you know? Um, anyway, uh, I found an article in Popular Mechanics, of all places, that did an article about who invented the haunted house. And it's a totally cool read. You should t- check it out. The piece, uh, it draws on many places to establish a sort of timeline that leads to the first haunted attraction. I'm going to rip some of that meteor flesh from their bones and from other sources to bring you the first edition of Fright Facts. Fright Facts. So. And by I... facts, we mean things that we found on the internet that may or may not be provable, but are entertaining, they're entertaining nonetheless. Yes. Things that... Um, are accepted as truth. Mm-hmm. If someone finds out that anything we say in the show is um, not accurate, let us know. Just let us know, and we'll address mm-hmm. it in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we're not trying to uh, present new findings. We didn't find a new planet here. We're just uh, we just want to talk about the history of stuff. So, um, some of the many forerunners of modern civilization, such as the Romans and the Greeks, which you may have heard of them, yeah, um, had yeah. many monsters and other terrifying creatures. In their stories and mythologies, so such as Odysseus and the Cyclops, um, which I actually talked about this the other day in my class. Maybe it was today. I forgot. And Medusa. Dude, Medusa is still terrifying. Yeah. I I mean, I think maybe it's just because I'm a dude and she's a strong woman and Mm -hmm. that scares me. She's got snakes for hair. Well, I mean, that is just like a, you know, that's a thing. But Horrifying. What I mean is I think on some like societal, culturally ingrained level, Mm -hmm. she's just like this badass woman. Yeah. And that just scares me. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm scared of you all the time because you're badass. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Medusa. Yeah. So what about the Cyclops? What about him? Um, we have a very different view on the Cyclops. I'm, I feel very sorry for the Cyclops, even though he is presented in a, uh, in a, like he's the villain. Well, I guess I feel bad for him too, but then again, I don't because he's just like trying to eat these people. Okay. For those of you who don't know the story of Odysseus or the Odyssey, um, real quick, Odysseus, kind of a douchebag, um, goes out fighting for a while, uh, leaves his wife for like, what? 75 years or something. I think it's like 14 years. Yeah, it's, but... it's a long time. I mean, to be fair, at a young age, yeah. you know, you're a bride waiting at home. Um, it would feel like 75 years. Yeah. But anyway, he ends up, you know, in a lot of different places doing drugs and, you know. Banging goddesses. Banging goddesses. Yeah, he bangs mm-hmm. goddesses. But at one point he lands on this island and he takes his, uh, his men uh, into this large cave, very much like a haunted house. Yep. Uh, and he was, he's feeling Canada and mm-hmm. he's feeling Wisconsin and he wants some, he wants some cheese curds. Um, and so he, he starts eating these big stockpiles of whey and, and milk and curds and all yeah. this, all these different things, not knowing who it is, just eating it, just stealing someone else's stuff, basically went into someone's house, stole his stuff. Cyclops comes home, sees all these people with his one eye. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why are you eating my stuff? Why are you in my house? And so he starts eating them. Yeah. If some, if I came home and someone was eating like my leftover pizza. But would you try to eat them? Well, no, I don't, like I'm not a Cyclops. I mean, that's just his <laughs> journey. Right. Um, and so, you know what he does? He get, Odysseus gets the Cyclops drunk. He's like, hey, bro, so sorry we came in here, but here's some wine. 
and then stabs him in his only eye. Yeah. And then bails. Yeah. And well, you forgot about the nothing part. Yeah, whatever. I mean, it's it, that's just a whole bunch of academic bullshit. That's true. Bullshit. But what um, I'm saying is he's still a monster. He's presented in such whatever. Go. Do you know my Cyclops story? About uh, your mom? Yeah. Yeah. So for our listeners, my mom is terrified of Cyclopses. I don't know why, but she's terrified. And so me and my brother. Hold on. You're going to talk about you don't know why? You're afraid of pigs. They're creepy. No, not really. They're kind of They're just like a... the devil likes them. Like The devil are... doesn't like pigs. Why, does, why do demons always present themselves as, as pigs? Not always. It's just scary. A couple of times. I don't know. I think they're they're adorable. Why do people have pigs as pets? Ugh. Whatever. Well, anyway, my mom is scared of cyclopses. Okay, and so my brother and I, as teenagers, being the assholes that we are, we used to make her computer background cyclopses, so she'd open her computer, there'd just be you know cyclops with one eye looking at her, and she's not the best with technology all the time, so she didn't know how to change it. So. So what did she do? Did she just cower from the screen? Well, she or did yell. she yell at you and say, "Come and change my background"? Yep, come and change. Uh, <laughs> just click on options. Just click. On just right click, basically. Just right click. <laughs> All right. So, um, what ha- what happened after the? I mean, where do we go from there when it comes to th- things being haunted? Well, um, the lab, the idea of the labyrinth. Labyrinth. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't mean not David Bowie. No, not David Bowie. Um, the Greek and the Roman kind. Okay. So it goes back to Greek mythology, um, where the legendary uh, artificer. How do you pronounce that? Uh, artificer. I, Did like, I say that right? I don't know. I've actually never used that word, um, but I'm pretty sure that if we, someone who builds things, he builds. That's artifices. what I thought. Art- yeah, 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 that's what I thought. So let's just uh, let's just say legendary builder. Builder. His name was Daedal- Daedalus. Daedalus. Yes. And he built. Um, these intentionally confusing and elaborate structures, which he um, called labyrinths, kind of resembling a maze, but I'll talk about the difference between labyrinths and mazes later, for King Minos of Crete um, to hold the monster, the Minotaur. Minotaurs Um, are terrifying, by the way. They are terrifying. And actually, legend has it that his structures were so complicated that even he, um, Daedalus, had trouble escaping it, and he's the one that built it. So (laughs) That just reminds me of uh, Indiana Jones. It's like, you know, he's gonna he's got a two day head start. He knows everybody from here to the Sudan. He's gonna blend in, disappear. You'll never see him again. He's like, well, is that true? No, he got lost in his own museum. Like, how do you get lost in your own creation? Like, you know, does anybody understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so, how's a liber- labyrinth different from a maze? Well, okay, so the maze usually has more than one choice. Like, you you're um, you're given the option of going left or right. Um, the labyrinth is kind of more of a meandering, and you're only given one option. You have to keep going. That's the which same. Which is as... e- even more terrifying because you don't have an option of going a different way. Like, and that's just is... like a haunted house, yes, right? I is. mean, that's the thing. Like, you are forced to go a certain direction. Yeah. So you uh, end up near the scares, or yep. you know, close to what what is scares. And just a little fun fact about labyrinths. Um, people also use them as traps for malevolent, malevolent spirits. So they were hoping that um, evil spirits would get lost in the <coughs> labyrinth and not be able to get out. Oh, yeah, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, uh, the Christians also mm-hmm. started building haunted things. And by building, I mean they put on haunted performances and haunted plays. And by haunted, I mean um, they were scary tales and scary situations that people were put into. 
um, to, for lack of a better term, scare them straight. Yeah. And by scare straight, I mean convert Mm -hmm. uh, from their pagan tree-hugging beliefs. (laughs) Not talking any shit about pagan beliefs. Just that's what they believed. Not at all. Um, which is kind of funny, like I, like the, when I when I re- started reading about that, and we're not going to go deeper into this, but I just thought about um, like the modern day equivalent of that is basically like Kirk Cameron in everything he's done, like <laughs> Left Behind. Like, what if you sh- yeah. what, what if you were to show up at a haunted house today, and it was just Kirk Cameron standing there, and he's like, "Come on in, we're going to talk about abortions." <sighs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna abort, do- abort. <laughs> yeah, you're going to abort that mission. Okay, all right. Um, what what happened after that? I mean, where where are we going from here? We are going to uh, 1835. 1835. We're fast cool. forwarding to 1835. I'm sure that other things happened in there, so don't yell at us for not being super thorough. Mm-hmm. But these are just the things that we liked the most. Yeah, so um, Madame Tussauds Wax Museums, uh, early versions of that and early um, like extras of her wax museums were called Chambers of Horror. Chamber of Horror. Not Chambers. to be confused with the Chamber of Secrets, which is also yeah. its own horrific nature. I will obviously yes. every once in a while comment on Harry Potter because my wife is a nerd. I love Harry Potter. Um, shout out to my fellow Hufflepuffs out there. Gryffindor all day. Mm, yeah, he's a Gryffindor. Um, so the Chamber of Horrors uh, from Madame Tussauds dates back to 1835. Um, and when it opened, it displayed victims of the French Revolution. And so... The wax masks were made from their quote-unquote death masks, which is supposed to be how their faces look when they died, which is fucking terrifying. And then um, well, figures actually, of other famous murderers and criminals. Can I, can I comment on that? Mm-hmm. I actually, when I was uh, reading about this earlier, um, I uh, there's like an image of, or the, the, you know, the, the legend of Madame French name. Tussaud. Tussaud. Um, <laughs> if we're wrong... Please let us know. Yeah. But she speaks French and she thinks she Badly. knows things about language <laughs> and cooking. Um, that she would literally take the heads off of nobility. Like uh, the heads of nobility were on spikes. And yeah. she would take them off. Like Marie Antoinette. And then mm-hmm. make the mask from that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's what I heard. Um, unfortunately, many of these things were destroyed in World War II. Um, but it was re- newly revamped in 1996, which included... Historical characters such as Hitler and Vlad the Impaler, along with disgraced entertainers such as Jimmy Seville and Gary Glitter. Do you know who Gary Glitter is? I do know who Gary Glitter is. What did he do? Um, music. <laughs> <laughs> and comedy. And Thai boys. Yes, um, I knew that. But no, he's, uh, for those of you out here who don't know who Gary Glitter is, his music, it was so-so. He was He's kind of one of those artists... Um, we have a friend, uh, John McNally, who posed a question to us one time that mm-hmm. said, you know, what song um, was head and shoulders above everything else that that artist did in their career? Mm-hmm. And I'm forgetting the name of it right now, but if you're ever at a sporting event, Gary Glitter's song is the one you're going to hear. Um, oh my gosh, it'll come to me later. It's just going to come randomly. Just please help me move on. Keep going. Sure. Um, so unfortunately, the Chamber of Horrors closed in 2016. Um, so you're not able to see it anymore. Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, I do remember why. Um, now it's something for Sherlock Holmes. So maybe, really? yeah. So maybe someday it'll reopen. Um, but you know, I don't know if I want to look at wax figures of Gary Glitter. So I'd rather look at Sherlock Holmes. 
<laughs> uh, well, I mean, please go on. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say something about like, you know, the difference between looking at Sherlock Holmes. How many, how many iterations of Sherlock Holmes can you, can you look at? A I'd lot. like to see, I'd like to see heads on spikes, not because I'm weird, but because well, yeah, I'd like to see it too. I mean, yeah. that's the whole point of a haunted house is the whole point of this conversation is that we like to see these kinds of things. Oh, right? wait, I got it. I got it. It's Hey, Hey, that guy. Okay. That's Gary Glitter. I didn't so know he, that. Yeah. He recorded that song and you always hear that, you know, that Neil Diamond mm-hmm. uh, at sporting events. Yeah. So he's famous for that, but now he's in a tie prison, I think still, I don't know. Thai prison? Yeah. Or American prison? Thai prison. Oh, wow. Yeah. He went to Thailand. Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Gross. Move on. Uh, what happened next? So Time Magazine wrote about this place called the Grand, and I'm going to, even though I speak a little French, I'm not totally sure how to pronounce this word, but I think it's Guignol Theater. It's it's spelled G-U-I-G-N-O-L. So um, let us know if we're pronouncing that wrong. We mm-hmm. didn't do our research that fully. <laughs> Um, and because even if someone were to tell me what, how it's pronounced, I still wouldn't get it. It'd just be like, Gugnall. 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 So Time Magazine t- uh, describes it as not a haunted house per se, but a serious theatrical enterprise that put on gruesome, faux-blood splattered shows year-round for decades. Um, featured staged killings, mutilations, and scenes of torture so realistic that audience members often fled in terror. Um, and they, when they weren't transfixed by the grisly scenarios... Um, Enacted uh, mere feet from their seats. Uh, sometimes they got super excited about it. So, of course, these weren't haunted houses, but performances like that were meant to shock audiences. It's kind of like a like a, a World War II equivalent of a of a John Waters movie, like mm-hmm. like Pink Flamingos on Normandy Beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was super fascinated by this because I teach theater and I had never actually heard of this before. So the theater was open in Paris from. <coughs> excuse me 1897 to 1962 founded by a guy named oscar medinier and he wanted the theatrical experience to be naturalist um and so he bought this theater which is actually formerly uh, a chapel perfect and so it was super confusing to navigate there was gothic structures that created this like eerie atmosphere and so not only was the theater a place to see horror but you also kind of experienced it as well, and people have talked about the way people would react when they saw these horrible shows. So either people would become like super horny, which I found weird, super turned on and horny. Okay. That during the performance they could actually rent out boxes where the actors would yell at these people and tell them to like basically be quiet because you're having sex too loud. Which no. Is, yes. Yes. Well, I mean, uh, I'm not gonna get into any proclivities or anything like that, mm-hmm. but there is some connection between, like horror, violence, and sexuality. There, yeah. I mean, that's why fetishes exist, right? Uh, and, violence fetishes. It's funny, right? I when mean, you said that, I looked behind you and I see the novelization of Seven <laughs> and I think of the, 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 the penis contraption. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go. And so the other way that people would react, um, they would either faint or vomit, which the theater actually hired a doctor for these instances. And so some of these plays include um, Le Laboratoire de Hallucination, which means uh, Laboratory of Hallucinations. Where That's hot when you, when you talk like that. <laughs> Go. Where um, a husband finds his wife's lover um, in his operating room and he performs a graphic brain surgery on him, rendering him a zombie. Not as hot, but like revenge fantasies are kind of hot. The other one, Un crime dans une maison de fou, 
um, which means a crime in a crazy mansion, roughly. Uh, we're two hags in an insane asylum. Uh, they use, use scissors? Yep, they use scissors to blind a fellow inmate. And then uh, L'Horrible Passion, Horrible Passion, where a nanny strangle, strangles children in her care. So, pretty lovely. That kind of, like, I, I think from now on, I'm going to uh, refer to our master bedroom as L'Horrible Passion, mm. Le Horrible Passion. That's the name of our, our master bedroom now. Okay, okay, great. We better tell Alexa. But we don't have a nanny. Um... <laughs> And I'm not going to strangle you. But it's just, a, it's a thing. Yeah. Go. And so, unfortunately, um, this theater closed. And what, when did I say the 60s? No, it um, was uh, the 40s. Was it? Yeah. 40s? Yeah. Uh, 1962. Oh, 62. Gotcha. Yes. Because um, you, earlier you told me about the Holocaust. Okay, so we write these things down and we kind of excitedly talk to each other about them. Yeah. Um, you said Holocaust and I'm thinking, well, Holocaust didn't exist in the 60s. But to mm-hmm. be fair, it probably, like, the, the true horrors of what happened didn't come out right away. Yeah, well, you're not wrong because it did close because of the Holocaust. Mm. Um, the final director's name was Char- Charles... Nonon, I believe it's pronounced. It looks like um, nonon to it me. It looks like nonon. <laughs> Sounds like a type of food. Nonon. Like a weird rice. Um, and he he basically closed it because he felt like he couldn't compete with the horrors of the Holocaust. But he meant so in a respectful way. Um, he said this quote: "Before the war, everyone felt that what was happening on stage was impossible. Now we know that these things and worse are possible in reality. So once the world was aware that these horrors are in fact, you know, our reality." then these kinds of places just don't work anymore. Yeah. Um, so this is this brings us up to basically World War II um, mm-hmm. and postmodernism, and I'm not going to get super weird about my academic slant. <laughs> but, I mean, at this point, you know, the world saw real horror, um, not only on television, but, you know, uh, in their hometowns, uh, People didn't come home. Um, World War II was the worst thing that's ever happened to this world. Yes. And anything that was meant to scare people needed to be amped up mm-hmm. to, to be a different type of scare than what was already happening. But um, all of these things before this point also kind of carried with them a moral message mm-hmm. in some way. Like the Greeks warned of, you know, hubris and hamartia and things like that. And the, the Christians taught us to fear anything pagan and um, the f- f- Madame Tussaud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Grand Guignol were in their, they, I mean, they were in their own way an attempt to make sense of the modern, uh, the horrors of modern civilization. Yeah. Right? I mean, even the, you know, the, the husband performing brain surgery is a moral tale about not cheating. Yeah. Right? I mean, that that's what it is. So when did it become just scary just to be scary, just for the hell of it? I hope you'll tell me. Uh, well, I mean, in my research, um, my detective work, mm-hmm. my uh, serious academic inquiry, um, it, became in, it, it became a thing in suburban basements. Mm. Um, even before the advent of World War II, uh, normal Halloween celebratory activities included destroying mailboxes and other private property, like and pranks on neighbors and mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. doing horrible things to the meeker of their peers, you know, kind of like dropping pig's blood on the prom queen. Poor Carrie. Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but popular mechanics, again, uh, says the industrious, that industrious parents took to the dark confines of their basements to create an alternative. They built scary attractions down there 
uh, for lack of a better cliche, to keep the kids off the streets. So okay. rather than have them going out throwing up teepee on uh, on on the Joneses Joneses elm, mm-hmm. um, let's just bring them down Na- in the basement. Neighbor, neighbor Stan's yard. Neighbor Stan, yeah. yeah. It's funny. I just see this image of like a suburban wife, you uh-huh. know, with like a polka dot apron, mm-hmm. you know, and a beehive. Um, she's got cookie dough on her fingertips, like that kind of thing. I know that's not that that only existed in probably like point zero one percent of households, but that's the image yeah. that I have of you know like the family unit. Um, but anyway, she's standing at the top of the stairs and she's yelling down like, "What are you doing all hammering down there?" <laughs> I don't know why she's southern. Also, she's also southern. <laughs> she's um, she's also southern. She's <laughs> and uh, you know the husband, a very much a, like a Clark Griswold figure, is like, "I got me an idea, honey." I'm going to build a contraption down here where the kids have to come down here and they're going to get scared. They're going to get real scared. Uh, they might uh, they might cry and pee like Krista does when she watches uh, the horror movies. Uh, but I'm going to have a dungeon, you know, with uh, some chains and some glitter. Um, and uh, wait, glitter? Yeah. Is Gary Glitter going to Gary Glitter is in the basement. Um, but I'm going to put a mask on and I'm going to jump out and I'm going to scare him. You know, pee is just easier to clean up than uh, the Johnson's mailbox, Okay. Come on down, honey. I, I got a gorilla suit for you. Let's do this. <laughs> gorilla suit. Gorilla suit. <laughs> so, after that, um, of all companies, who do you think decided to jump on the haunted house train? Fucking Disney. You know, that's one thing that you never, those two words you never hear together. Fucking and Disney. Like, but like, let, keep, please tell me about Disney. Um, so they definitely raised the bar with their Haunted Mansion attraction, which as a kid scared the shit out of me. It scares a lot of people. Yep. Uh, so don't consider the Eddie Murphy film adaptation for this. We're talking about the ride. Um, but they had, uh, the money to amp up the scares and the production values. This was in 1969. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it debuted in 1969, which is almost a decade after Psycho, which is yeah. like, I'm not saying there weren't scary films before that. Of course there were. Please mm-hmm. do not yell at us. Yes, I know Nosferatu came out. I know mm-hmm. that. Do- uh, uh, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. I know the Lumiere brothers were doing it too. Yeah. And that probably scared people. But what I'm saying is Psycho was kind of a, a game changer in it in the way that it affected audiences. And it was also a couple of years right before The Exorcist. America was kind of in the midst of a full-blown horror infatuation. Yeah. I'm not going to say renaissance because that means that there was a, a huge push for horror before that. Um, but yeah, Disney, of course, capitalized on this. Um, so here's a little, uh, a couple of fun facts about the Haunted Mansion. Uh, there's a Disney legend. Um, so Disney, it- hold on, Disney legend... I, I read about this. Uh-huh. That's a term for someone who's made like significant contributions oh. to, the, to the Disney empire. Oh. Like they're like knighted. Whoa. Like a Disney legend is like someone who's like, Oh, Mickey smiles upon you. <laughs> like that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Mickey Mouse voice. <laughs> okay. All right. So a Disney legend is, is the one who kind of kicked off this idea. Mm-hmm. So in 1951, Disney legend Harper Goff developed a black and white sketch of a crooked street leading away from a main street by a peaceful church and graveyard with a rundown manor perched high on a hill that towered over a main street. That was a, That's actually a direct quote from Wikipedia. Yes. Reliable source. Yes. And Disney, um, Disney as a company, and maybe Walt Disney himself, assigned um, Ken Anderson, 
which is weird because we actually knew a guy named Ken Anderson. Yeah, we did. And so that's all I pictured when I read about this was Ken Anderson. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, more on him later. Um, to create a story using that idea. Um, and plans were made to build a New Orleans-themed, like, oasis uh, as a transition area but, um, between... Like Tomorrowland, but it says New Orleans? Yeah. Well, <laughs> not a land, per se, uh-huh. but like a transition space. Gotcha. Like, uh, going from... Uh, Frontierland to Adventureland, mm-hmm. you walk through New Orleans, which I think is interesting that they chose that because New Orleans has always been kind of the hub of all things that are off. That's true. In our country, right? And so, like, where else would you choose to put your haunted attraction, right? Yeah. Um, so, New Orleans Square appeared on maps, mm-hmm. which promised thieves' markets, pirates' wax museum. Um, and a haunted house walkthrough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the New Orleans Square still exists. We've been there. We yeah, ate we there have. with your mom last time we were uh, we did. Disney World. Yeah, That's right. Um, so Anderson, mm-hmm. uh, he studied New Orleans and uh, old plantations and all those old stories and uh, things like that. And he came up with this image of an antebellum or, you know, pre-war plantation. We all know that image. You know, that kind of imposing Gothic style structure. Um, but it has weeds and dead trees and there's bats and spiders and, <laughs> and boarded up doors and windows. Um, and there was a, there's a cat as a weather vane rather than, I know. remember that. Yep. Yeah. So he, he creates all this, but then Disney as the company. Again, I don't know if it's Disney as a company or Walt himself was like, no, I'm not going to have like a, a ramshackle looking place in my park. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Anderson himself went to the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose, California. We'll have to talk about that in a different episode at some we, point. We really like do. More in depth. Um, it is one of the coolest places I've ever been. But yeah. um, he was captivated by the, the, this massive mansion with stairs to nowhere, doors that opened to uh, walls and holes in elevators. And actually, I've been there. And I'm, again, we should spend a whole episode on mm-hmm. this. But that place is crazy. Yeah. And like for those of you who've never heard of the Winchester Mystery House, although I think there was a movie called Winchester. That came out recently. I don't hmm. know if it's about the same thing because it just looked bad, but I, so I didn't watch it. <laughs> um, but the 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 legend is is uh, I think it's Sarah Sarah Winchester mm-hmm. um, was the widow of Mister Winchester, yeah, who created Winchester rifles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, she was convinced that uh, the house and she herself was haunted by the spirits of those who were killed. With her husband's guns. Mm-hmm. And so she uh, made this house basically a labyrinth. I mean, it was an elaborate, yeah. um, crazy place where there's literally, st- you open a door and it's just a brick wall. Yeah. Um, and so he went there and that gave him the idea for the modern haunted mansion. And so after like many delays, I mean, the, the original concept was uh, 1951, mm-hmm. but it actually didn't open until 1969. This was after... Um, various writing delays, construction delays, and even the death of Walt Disney mm-hmm. himself, um, it opened in 1969. And it scared the shit out of every family that came in the park. Yeah. Yeah, it really did. Um, so similar attractions opened in many American cities um, as a way for nonprofit organizations to fundraise. So junior club, student governments. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, certain organizations like the lions or uh yeah uh the freemasons like hey yeah. we got this thing uh after the fish fry 
This is what you do in, in Wisconsin, right? Hell yeah! Like after the fish fry, Friday night fish fry. Come on down. We're gonna we're gonna throw some blood on you. <laughs> it's, gonna, it's gonna be great. I mean, that's what we did in Wisconsin, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, it's Canada. I mean, uh, isn't it just like all about like animal blood and 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 sadness? Absolutely. And cold. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, I mean, you know, uh, they started popping up in um, not a uh, well-produced fashion, but a uh, it was about quantity, not quality. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. were a lot of them around the country. And when people started to see the success of those, they wanted to make a profit on it. Mm-hmm. So and things, so, you thing, know. Yeah, things blew up in the 80s and 90s. Mass-produced horror films and trash paperbacks grew in popularity. Uh, alongside bigger and better and thus more terrifying attractions. The landscape of the modern haunted house is a far cry from those suburban basements and a far cry from Odysseus and his uh, misguided adventure to stab a, a cyclops in his only eye. I mean, like, it's one thing if it was two eyes, you know, but he only had one of them and he's going to he's going to put that one out. All right. Yeah, and he's so big, like it's hard, you know, hard big to be dude. being big and he's being really blind. big. He's like really tall. He's really tall, and he's really, really big. And now he's just gonna be bumping into like everything. Yeah, and that's that's a bummer. Okay, and I just feel bad for him. But anyway, um, it seems like the evolution of the the haunted house and I just the haunted attraction kind of reflects the horrors of modern reality. Like the the grand guignol guignol I guignol think? guignol. I think. Um, Kind of mirrored and then was supplanted by the uh, the horrors of World War II. And it's also kind of interesting. I, you know, this isn't actually in our notes. Um, it, it's interesting that uh, the Haunted Mansion actually opened in 1969, which mm-hmm. is kind of where Vietnam became a real prescient issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, we were in Vietnam Manson. years before that. Manson, everything that was going on that was Summer horrifying. Love. Yeah, and then to be fair, I mean, the Haunted Mansion, it's scary, but it's also kind of tame in comparison to like the horrors of reality, but it almost Absolutely. seems like it's a reaction mm-hmm. to what's going on. Like, okay, now that the world is so broken, now we can open it. Yeah. Since it was almost 20 years after its original inception. Mm-hmm. So, um, so where are we at now with haunted houses? Uh, we are at the present now. We're at the present, and that's what I mean. Like, uh, what, what, what's going on now? Uh, have you heard of McCabe Manor? I, I have, but <laughs> I don't know if our listeners have. Well, let's tell them about it. All right, uh, but before we do that, um, Krista wrote something, and you know, uh, we're gonna like she wants to call it a scholarly sidebar, but I'm just gonna call it academic bullshit. So she's going to read uh, her thoughts on the film that inspired this whole tirade we've been on today. Mm-hmm. So this week's tangential nerd fest is brought to you by trauma and feminism. <laughs> so one of the main aspects of the haunted house is the costume and the element of visual horror. Costumes with disgusting, disfigured, uncanny, or shocking elements help us to render it as scary. If you go into a haunted house... And just watch someone fold laundry. That's not scary. It that's, could be, though. I mean, it could be kind of scary. Like, what would be a scary laundry folding situation? Um, Like spiders or, or ticks or basically okay. bugs. What I, if, I'm like, afraid of bugs. If I were to walk into a laundry room at our home and, and, I, and I see you folding laundry, not mm. scary. But if you have spiders crawling on your face and you don't care, scary. Scary. Right, okay. but you know, you get my point. If I it's do. just I normal, yes. that's not yes. scary. Yeah. 
So with costumes specifically and masks, um, a disguised face helps guide the illusion that haunted house is able to create. Sorry, guys. Still getting over this flu a little bit. But what if what is underneath your mask is more terrifying than the one you show to the world? Let me tell you about it. So in the beginning of the film Haunt, college student Harper tends to a black eye with some makeup. Her roommate Bailey urges Harper to break up with Sam because of uh, because of the abuse. And she eventually does. It's also Halloween night. Um, and the scene reminds us eerily of 1978's Halloween as both take place in illinois suburbia hold on hold on i have to say like which is funny because halloween actually is filmed in los angeles Mm -hmm. and they trucked in the leaves they did to make it look like illinois but now that's kind of what we think like think about movies like nightmare on elm street and um we think of midwestern suburbia we think of midwest and why is that why is that like the cradle of of goodness in america I don't know. The coasts are like the fringe places where mm-hmm. things can happen. Not in the Midwest. No. Right? Well, and so you do get weird things. You, you get do. Ed Gein. You get Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. No, I get that. That's reality. I'm talking about like what we, what, yeah. you know, in, in film. It's always like the the Midwest is like the cradle of goodness. Yeah. You know? It like, is. It's just we're all up here with our, our cheese curds and our Mounties and, 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 and you know, and our maple syrup. Um, but anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, please. So, um, the pair of ladies, Harper and her roommate Bailey, um, go to a Halloween party and meet up with friends. One important thing to note is that Harper leaves without a costume. So she's only wearing a red hoodie. Well, if she's wearing other clothes. Yes. But like, you know, that's that. (laughs) But her main, her main, like, you know accessory i guess sure. is her red hoodie although it is halloween and like maybe she's just like a like a like a a, a, a sexy binky like uh, a binky what's a know. what's a binky like a baby blanket like if she's only if she was only wearing a red hoodie yeah you know what i mean like i just wanted to clarify that because it is <laughs> halloween and sometimes be like oh what do you she's got a g-string and like you know nipple clamps and it's like, what no. am I? Oh my God. Have you, have you not seen my uh, my cat ears? I'm a cat. I'm a cat. I'm a cat. Okay. <laughs> so she was wearing more than just a hoodie. She was dressed relatively conservatively. Yeah, just normal. And had a red hoodie on. Yeah. yeah. So Harper meets Nathan at, at the, the, the bar or the club that they're at, the party. Um, and the two become really good friends instantly. Uh, he even suggests that she puts her hood up and go as Little Red Riding Hood. What a smart was guy. Cute. Smart guy. cute. Um, and so although she's surrounded by her friends who all seem supportive and nice, it's no secret that the domestic abuse between her and her boyfriend, Sam, is unfortunately plaguing her. And he keeps calling and calling and calling. Gross. Just answer the phone, girl. Uh, no. No, I, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not supporting abusive. Of course you're not. Obsessive boyfriends. So she goes outside with the intention of heading home, yet she gets another text message. But this time it's from a number she doesn't recognize. Um, it's from someone who sends a picture, uh, resembling a selfie, uh, with a disfigured face, like a demon who's also wearing a red hood. So Harper is spooked, but she's interrupted by Nathan who comes back outside to look for her. And the group leaves the bar in search of a haunted house. The perfect ending to Halloween night. Um, unfortunately they have a really hard time finding a haunted house that's open because it's Halloween night. 
um, or that actually exists. So additionally, Harper keeps looking behind them um, as they drive down deserted roads, worried that someone might be following them. So as a viewer, we're meant to expect that this person who sent creepy, uh, creepy photos is Sam, her abusive boyfriend. But when she responds, asking if it's him, he doesn't respond. So this, conf- uh, this conflicts with the earlier text messages he sent her, which she ignored. So since he's portrayed as controlling and abusive, if he actually sent the video, or I'm sorry, the photo, then he would definitely want the chance to respond, right? So even if he was just trying to scare her. Therefore, we must assume that whoever sent the photo is, in fact, Sam. Not Sam. Not Sam, sorry. Is, in fact, not Sam. Yeah. Yes. So Harper tells the group she's afraid someone's following them and has been since they left the bar. Evan pulls over and when no car comes up behind them, a sign that reads haunted house instantly lights up. Hold on. I got to say it real quick. Um, she is painted so hard as this nervous, um, terrified, uh, porcelain woman. Yes. By this point, you know, um, and like, even her behavior that someone is following them mm-hmm. is indicative of that. She's paranoid. She's super paranoid. And in some way, and this is me getting academic, she's kind of reflective of what it's like to be a woman. I'm not a woman. Never mm-hmm. been a woman. Like, I, I have no problem walking around at night. But yeah. I can see how that, like, I know, I don't I don't want to let you out after dark. No. You're way too pretty for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the world we live in. So, yeah. like, she, she kind of comes to represent, like... The, the the fragile woman. Yes. Yeah. Yep. She's painted as fragile. And so after this haunted house sign lights up, they all smile at each other, excited, and get out of the car. It's almost too perfect. They walk up to the haunted house and they're greeted by a person in a clown suit, creepy, who, after irritating magic tricks, insists they must sign a waiver to enter the house, as well as relinquish their cell phones before entering. And the waiver is like, you know... Name, address, blood sample, urine yeah. sample, mm-hmm. uh, lock of know, hair, mother's maiden name, all that. <laughs> no, it's not that intense, but it's like, you know, like address and things like yeah. that. So they, they have contact information for you. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so there is, of course, a level of trust that people put into the curators of haunted houses, right? So however misguided, the filmmakers Scott Beck and Brian Woods have utilized this trust to explore deeper, more visceral concepts than your average slasher film. So the friends soon realize that the actors aren't aren't actors. They're not not actors. They're not. Um, This is actually reality. (laughs) So they're killed one by one um, in gruesome ways. One of the actors pretends to help them and manages to get them, some of them alone. um, And then they show their true colors. Um, He's not an actor in a mask at all, but a real life murderer who is much scarier than the mask he wears, including his real face. Um, (sighs) which he has, we discover, actually carved and scarred his face to an outlandish level, intentionally disfiguring himself to terrify others. So there's another uh, another level to this film. It's as if this man has decided to not um, let the ugliness of his inner self remain hidden, but etch it into the very face he shows to the world. When we are scared by actors in a haunted house, we're able to maintain separation from the experience because we know that under the mask is something much less frightening. Um, beneath the leather face, there is only one actor named Gunnar Hansen. So the illusion stops there. The viewer has um, the viewer has the preconceived notion that 
Beneath the ghoulish costume, this man isn't exactly dangerous, but safer than what his mask implies. He even tells them his name is Mitch. That's, which... <laughs> That's like, <laughs> I think Mitch was a great choice in that mm-hmm. part. I'm sorry to interrupt you. That's okay. Um, which is just kind of a staple of our relationship and probably be a staple of the show going forward is that I just interrupt a lot because I'm a dick. Um, but Mitch, it's, it's, it's not the name of a psychopath. No. Like, there's never been a Mitch serial killer. No. There's not. Mitch is always like that guy. He's like, oh, oh, um, oh, your your baseball glove broke. Oh, just go borrow one from the neighbor, Mitch. You know, yeah, or, I think of every person I've ever known that has been named Mitch and they've been a pretty decent guy. I've never known a Mitch. I mean, I've, I've known Mitches. Mitches. I mean, I've, I've seen Mitches in movies. Uh-huh. But like Mitch is just like, to me, like Mitch is like that, the burnout that like, you know, he's the one who gives you quarters. In, like, the bowling alley arcade. You cool, man. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, here's your quarters, and also, if you want a joint, it's it's 10 bucks. 10, 10 bucks. I was going to say 50 cents. 50 cents? Well, this not is, today. This is, this is 2020, honey. Well, not today. I guess I was, I was taking Weed is expensive. To, to, all right, all right, all right. You know? All right, yeah. Well, it's not the 70s anymore, honey. It's not. Come on. Um, so when Evan gets suspicious that his friends haven't returned back outside, because at this point they've all been either killed or separated, um, Mitch turns on him, claiming he wants to, quote, see his real face while ripping Evan's face off. Like, literally ripping his face off. Um, Mitch's real face, a deformed, pierced, scarred, and melted thing that once resembled something human, now exists beyond recognition. We quickly, quickly learn that all of the characters within the haunted house have similarly deformed faces, as if to tell the audience that oftentimes what lies beneath is much more terrifying than what's on the surface. Despite these reversals, it isn't the villains who are hiding the most beneath their literal and metaphorical masks, but one of the college kids, the broken and abused Harper. Earlier, we see flashbacks of domestic abuse in her childhood. And of course, we know that Harper is possibly dealing with the same level of abuse from her boyfriend, Sam. It would be easy and probably normal for that kind of trauma to negatively affect one's ability to cope in a stressful and scary situation. Many signs and signals throughout the film lead viewers to think that she'll be a quivering puddle by the end of the film. The literal covering up of abuse with makeup in the beginning, um, the excuses for her boyfriend's behavior, the fear of being followed. Hell, even the impromptu costume reflects the expected progression of Harper's character. Like most versions of Little Red Riding Hood, we get a cautionary tale. The dangers of virginal young women leaving home and the dangers that await them. The big bad wolf is there, like the evils of the world, waiting to swallow her up. When the wolf is cut open by the hunter to reveal her body, the audience is supposed to understand those dangers in a metaphorical sense. Like the Greek and the Romans, even the Christian morality haunts of old were meant to teach the audience a lesson. But here's the beauty of Haunt and Harper's character. Here's our lesson. She does not choose her costume. Nathan does when he pulls the hood over her head. Harper was just wearing a red hoodie. The choice of a costume was made for her, not just by Nathan, but we can view it as the harmless, if a little dismissive, man assuming the fragility of women. But of us, as the viewer, we choose to see her as Little Red Riding Hood. We choose to see her as a victim. So now back to the modern haunted house, Drew. Yes, one of the most uh, 
terrifying experiences for modern audiences today is McCamey Manor. Mm. I don't know how many of you have heard of McCamey Manor, but it's a far cry from the suburban spooks of old. You know, it's not Clark Griswold in the basement. It's <laughs> uh, not just a little bit of pee on the floor. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's an entirely new experience. And although I don't want to go, I feel like it... I thought you did want to go. Well... I would never do that. Yeah, part of... We're going to... You'll understand why in a second. But part of me is like, yeah, I would like to check it out because it's something I've never experienced. Mm -hmm. But knowing what it is and doing research on this place, I I don't know. Okay, let's let's just tell you a little bit about McKaming Manor and then Mm -hmm. you, you guys can figure it out on your own. So... We've compiled a list of just some, just some of the like crazy, insane inqu- requirements to enter the haunted house, the haunted house experience. Yes, just just, just some of the requirements. Like mm-hmm. this, this isn't even all of them, but there's an age restriction of 21. Mm-hmm. So you can buy booze. You can also go to McCamey Manor. Yeah, that, that's and buy cigarettes now because that's yes. the the new age. I don't. Was that federal or just? In Georgia, where we are. I think it's federal. Okay, I'm, yeah. I'm actually not sure. 21 is like the age where you can do all things now. Besides yeah. go fight and die for your country at 18. But anyway. Um, mm-hmm. You have to undergo a complete physical examination and provide a doctor's note yep. that, that you did that. That you are in good peak physical health. And mental health. And mental health, mm-hmm. yes. Um, you have to go through a thorough background check. Mm-hmm. Um which is interesting to me, uh, based on you know what the experience actually is. That they care whether or not, you know, the the people they are scaring have like felonious activities in their past. Mm-hmm. Um, that you have to prove that you have full and complete medical coverage. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have medical insurance mm-hmm. to do this. Um, you have to go through a drug test. Which I read that you have to actually take it that day mm-hmm. to prove that you have no drugs in your system that day. So basically what that means is that they want you to be completely sober for the experience, Mm -hmm. right? Um, You have to sign a 40 plus page waiver, which informs you that you can expect to be possibly hit, gagged, drugged, waterboarded. You could have your teeth or nails pulled out. You could be tattooed. You can have all kinds of physical and mental torture. Not only does this sound terrifying, awesome to some people but the experience lasts from four to ten hours yep there are safe words established before the experience to end the horror early but there have actually been cases of these predetermined safe words not being accepted by the cast despite them being repeated numerous times and we don't know how true that is but that's what some people have said that's what we read. um which i guess for the purposes of this haunting tale make it even more scary it does it does i mean like so you 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 think you have an out and then you don't does that make it more i mean to be fair in some ways that's kind of meta it's like where you think you have an out and you kind of rely on that and when you use it yeah it doesn't work absolutely so you're even more scared right that would terrify me in the moment if i was like i can't do this anymore i would never put myself in that situation though i would never do this no and You would think that nobody else would want to. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. A couple other things. It's free. Yep. This is a free haunted attraction. It doesn't cost anything to attend except for food 
for Mr. McKamey's dogs. Mm-hmm. It's like a donation. It's like, oh, if you want to go to the prom, you know, drop off two cans of green beans. Yep. No, if you if you want to come in here and uh, get your teeth pulled out, just drop off a couple of cans of Alpo. <laughs> We're good. Um, <laughs> the website claims that this isn't your typical haunted house experience, but instead an it, audience interactive performance of horror theater where the participants' unique fears are used to physically and mentally challenge them. That's from the website. So basically, they find out what you're afraid of, and they use that against you. Which means I would just be covered in pigs and and bugs. Pigs and bugs, yes. Um, I would just be uh, covered in Trump masks. Um, uh, So, like, even... This is just, uh, you know... uh, a sampling mm-hmm. of, of the craziness involved in this haunted house. Um, is anybody out there actually interested in visiting this place? Even after what we've told you, if you are, you're going to have to wait because there's a waiting list of over 24,000 people, bunch of weirdos to attend <laughs> 24,000. That's insane. I mean, think about it. Like, and he only does it on the weekend. Mr. McKamey. Yeah, I, I think maybe I'm wrong. I'm I want to know sure. what he does for a living. I mean, I feel like he's like a tax assessor or like a, <laughs> you know, like an accountant. I mean, especially because he doesn't charge any. He's not making money off of it. No. Well, and that's the thing I kind of want to talk about after I. Yeah. A few more things about this place. Like who wants to put this on? It's not about not so much about who wants to attend it. It's about the people doing it. Right. It'd be kind of fun to terrify people, though. Okay, let's talk about that. But um, anyone who chooses to participate in McKamey Manor experience knows they're getting themselves into. However, although you can expect to be hurt and tortured, tortured to an extent, you aren't signing your life away and expecting to be killed like those in the movie Mm -hmm. Haunt. No matter how extreme haunted houses may be, there's still an element of pretend and spectacle that separates the patron from reality. Because... Why would anyone actually want the Haunted House to be a real-life experience? As long as it's temporary, we can handle it, right? Mm-hmm. Now, like, we think about the, like, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to go there and, like, you know, have you, uh, you know, have someone do all these terrible things to you? Sure, it's going to get your heart rate up, and it's going to make you feel something you may not normally feel. But what about the, the dude that created it? Like, can we assume that he's just a normal average Joe that doesn't have like extreme sadistic tendencies? I mean, maybe he does. I don't really know anything about him, but maybe he just loves theater. Maybe he loves the spectacle of theater. And it is a lot like Greek or Roman, you know, stage and theater yeah. or the grand French word that I'm just going to stop trying to pronounce. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's like, how much is one's own predilections for fetish and violence mm-hmm. allowed to um, dictate other people's experiences? Yeah. I mean, that that's pretty brutal, right? I mean... It is pretty brutal. Like... <sighs> but the, the fact of the matter is, people want to be scared. People are signing up. 24,000 people are waiting to do this. So yeah. Obviously... But is it... <sighs> he's providing a service for something people want. Yeah, 24,000 people. Yeah. Which actually, you know, it's not a small sample size, but it's, you know, it's a it's a good amount of people. You know, like, of all those things, a lot of them sound terrible. And there's more we didn't even list. Yeah. But the thing that's, like, kind of intrigued me the most was to be tattooed. 
Yeah, I, I'm guessing that what that means is like people won't know that they're actually it's only a tattoo, but it'll feel because they don't know what's happening like something else. Yeah, because I, like I, I read some places that it was um, there's sensory deprivation and uh-huh. you know things like that where you may not know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I just want to know what the tattoos are. It's not it's not going to say like McKamey was here. Like, it might just be like an MM for McKamey Manor or maybe, something like to or, say like like wouldn't it be <laughs> hilarious if like you went through this whole thing and this whole ordeal and afterward you have a just a tattoo of just like badly drawn penis <laughs> like. So, I guess what I'd like to know is, have any of you been to McKamey Manor? Yeah. If, you've, if you're listening to this, we would love to hear your experience. Yeah. Come on the show. Let's talk about it. Yes. But the, 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 now that you said that, we cannot find any account of anybody actually finishing the experience. No. So, they've never made it to the end of the quote-unquote haunted house. Yeah. So, if anybody has, please let us know. Yeah. We're curious. But it also makes me think that, like... They've earned this reputation and they're never going like it, it's going to turn from like a four hour experience to a 72 hour experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you didn't finish. Yeah. Like maybe. we're just gonna, we're just going to keep waterboarding you. Like, what is that? Like, again, like a part of me is like, oh, OK, it seems it seems interesting. It seems extreme. It's kind of like martyrs. We talked about that earlier, like how things are getting more and more extreme to kind of reflect the extreme nature of the world we live in. Yeah. But this this seems sadistic to me. It does. Of course, it's sadistic. I mean, I think that we're masochists by watching horror movies. And those who create them are sadists, right? And, so this is know, just an extension of that. I think people also want the ability to say, I did this. Yes. I survived yeah. this. Yeah, it's people going like, I ate the world's largest burger. Yeah, you I know? did the Iron Man. I did the Iron Man. <laughs> Everybody out there who has the 21 point, what is it? I don't know. The marathon number? Obviously, we don't exercise. We don't exercise. <laughs> uh, but like the 21K... <laughs> Uh, whatever yeah. the marathon number yeah. that you see on things yeah like i just want a sticker that says 0.0, 0. that's that's what i want like i completed this this is my main mode of operation <laughs> this is my main mode of, but no, like people want that uh mm-hmm. the bragging rights to mm-hmm. to be able to say i you know i completed this thing and this is the most extreme thing outside of what reality has because mm-hmm. you don't you don't hear soldiers walking around very often going I survived Fallujah. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have t-shirts for that. Mm-hmm. They're not bragging about it. So when it's fake, it's okay to go to, to extremes, but when it's reality, you don't brag about it. Right? No, you don't. You don't. So I want to, I want to know what's your first haunted house experience. Do you remember? Um, yeah, I think I went with some, well, the, the one, the earliest that I remember um this is okay for everybody out there listening this is canada so it's going to be not as scary as what americans do but to her it'd be scary well it was a like a corn maze a haunted corn maze and i was with my friend uh two two of my friends who were uh, male and female and i was really into my male friend but so was my female friend was also into this male friend so it's kind of like this weird love triangle without actually talking about it. And Menage my friend's, my friend's mom dropped us off in her minivan. We, <laughs> like this is before we could drive. And I just remember like it just being super lame. Like I don't think I've ever been to a scary haunted house. 
I'm just like, wow. Really? This is lame. So that's interesting because I've, I've like, I, I knew some women before we were together. Uh-huh. And I went to a few haunted attractions with them. Uh-huh. And they were very scared. And that doesn't mean that I wasn't. Of course I'm scared. Well, like, I get scared easily, but yeah. these were lame. Like No, yeah. So you've never been to like a legitimately haunted house? Never. Is that is that because it's Wisconsin? And I, I'm not no offense to Wisconsin. I just mean like is it is it like because there's not like a like a haunted uh destination or location? That exists in Wisconsin that's, like, scary? Like, I know, uh, for example, uh, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a haunted house every year in uh, Eastern State Penitentiary. Where it's, like, a legitimately scary-ass building. Yeah. You know, that they mm-hmm. they do. Um, one of my students, actually, the other day was um, talking about um, St. Augustine. Mm. And um, uh, one of the old jails mm-hmm. there where they put you downstairs and they actually turn off the lights and lock you in. Like... So, does location matter? Yeah, and, you know, I think it's just, I know that I was in the middle of a field and a bunch of teenagers wearing masks and jumping out with, like, fake axes. Like, I just, my brain was too rational for it. Mm -hmm. And I think for me to be scared, it has to be unexpected. I'm expecting to be scared by going in, so I'm immediately like, well, I'm not scared. Yeah, but you're expecting to be scared by movies you watch, and you still, like, look over at me sometimes. Yeah, because I don't know what's going to happen in the movie, but but I know what's going to happen in a haunted house. Someone is going to jump out at me. Maybe my heart rate will get up, but then I'm like, okay, that's not a real person. So cue McKamey Manor, right? That sounds scary to me, because I would not know what to expect. Is it horror, or is it terror, though? That's the thing. Mm, I don't know what the difference is. Uh, I mean, I harp on this quite a bit. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, terror is, you know, for lack of, you know, being super academic, just the fear of bodily injury or death. Like, you're just afraid it's going to happen to you. You're afraid it's going to, that it's going to, that this plight is going to befall you. Mm -hmm. So, like, haunted houses really are built more on terror. Jump scares and things like that. Like, oh, man, that could happen to me. Yeah, yeah. Whereas horror is something that you find uh, morally repugnant. Mm. Like, things that affect your your moral compass. You know, like, what you think is right and wrong. You know, so you think the exorcist is horror. Yeah. Whereas things like um, Friday the 13th, the original... Is more terror based because it's like, oh yeah, I could be in the woods and someone could kill me with a machete. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so going into a haunted house, that's what you get, right? Mm-hmm. What about you? My haunted house experiences? Mm-hmm. I don't remember that many. And you, you, you listeners will realize that I don't. I have a terrible memory. Um, I basically remember what I ate today, <laughs> and that's about it. Um, but. Uh, in all seriousness, I do have a recollection of going to, um, so in California, uh, Knott's Berry Farm mm-hmm. does this thing every October, which I think is awesome, called Knott's Scary Farm. Mm-hmm. And it's all, the whole park turns into like a, a haunted house attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, even Six when you're, Flags does that with Freight yeah. Fest. Yeah. yeah, Freight Fest. Absolutely. Um, and I remember being there with an ex-girlfriend um, and who, who had a... A significant fear of clowns. And this is, by the way, quote me on this. I would love to do a future episode on why people are scared of clowns. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think it existed before it. 
No. The publication of it. Um, but anyway. Um, so there was a clown-themed haunted attraction. And sh- I was like, of course, you don't want to go in there. Like, you're really scared of that. She's like, no, I want to get over my fears. Mm-hmm. And so we went. And she was very upset. Yeah. Pretty much immediately. Yeah. And so I kind of bullied an employee to tell me where a quick exit was. And we got out of there. And everything was okay. We were in one of the service tunnels in the park. And I was like, hey, honey, it's okay. Yeah. Everything is fine. They weren't real. And then wouldn't you fucking know it, a clown on stilts walks around the corner (laughs) coming to work which just makes her like descend into convulsions again but that's kind of my experience where like it depends on what you already bring to the table Mm -hmm. and by the way shout out to my ex-girlfriend sarah Mm -hmm. um for that experience i hope that you are doing better with clowns yeah i hope so too Um, and i and I want you to know that I think it's awesome that you were were brave enough to go into that that haunted house. Yeah, like twenty years ago. I don't even know how long that. This was a long time ago. Um, but it seems like haunted houses play on. If you are scared of something that is featured in that haunted house, it's going to affect you more. But yeah, if you, like, that's true. Like, I'm not really scared of medical instrumentation. So if I go into like a... Uh, you don't like needles. Hold on. No, no, no. Have you seen how many tattoos I have? Okay, but... No, no, no. It's not that I don't like needles. I don't like other pe- people being stuck with them, i.e. my wife. Yeah. She's she's referencing a, a time where we both had to get blood work because we're old and it's about life insurance now. And Oh, I know. wasn't even thinking about that, actually. Well, I got to tell it now. Um, we were both in the same store. Uh, the same uh, same story. We were both in the same store. Uh, we were both in the same room, and I was fine. I I you getting blood work, blood I'm, drawn. I'm usually I'm used to getting my blood drawn and things like that. It's not. It's never been a problem for me. And they were working on me while they were also working on on her, and she was directly across from me, and I and I could see her, and. They weren't taking a little bit of blood. They were doing like a whole. They were doing shit like, a whole blood. panel of blood. They're so, trying to figure out, you know, are we healthy? So they took like a ton yeah, of blood. There was a lot of different vials of it, which wasn't a problem for me because I've had blood work done like that before. Yeah. But I looked over and they were having a serious problem with finding her vein, which she has told me before is a thing. Like, I have small veins. She has small veins, and that day they they said that she has roly, roly veins. Roly poly veins. Roly poly veins. <laughs> It stuck and me like eight times. And I'm fine. I've gotten I've gotten through like three or four vials and I'm totally cool. But I look over at her and they're just like jabbing her. It's like <laughs> it's like a weird It under- wasn't even that bad. Like it wasn't violent. It didn't hurt. But it looked from my <laughs> angle, it looked like a like an underproduced porn. It was just like you were really not happy with what was going on. You're just getting stabbed. Yeah. You know, I was getting stabbed. And I heard them say roly poly veins. And I just like, for some reason, I think it was probably because I love you and like I care and things like that. And I was like, man, stop stabbing my, my lady. Well, no, you said, I don't feel very good. And then and that, and that's when I said, I don't feel very good. And then I just turned like bedsheet white. White. 
Like, white, white. Like, his lips were blue. Like, I've never seen the color drain out of someone's face so fast. And I'm over there, like, smiling at him, like, hey, honey, how you doing? Like, they're stabbing and me. And to be fair, it's never happened to me before. I think <laughs> that was because I was worried about you. Yeah. So, you know what? We're going to just... And then he fainted. He just slumped over a little bit, but then he was fine. Yeah. And then I made jokes afterward. Like, he had a juice box and a cookie. He was good. I had a cookie? Yep. What kind of cookie? I think it was chocolate chip. That's fair. A lot of sugar there. Yeah. Cool. Um, <laughs> and I couldn't do anything because I was full of needles. <laughs> I just watched my husband faint in front of me. <laughs> yeah, but I fainted because I loved you. Let's just let's leave it there. Like, moral of the story, um, that I fainted because I love my wife. Um, all right. So, <clears throat> like, I want to ask you one more question before we wrap this thing up. What would your... McCamey Manor experience entail? Like, what would be included in that? Um, Besides pigs. We all, now everybody in the world knows. Okay, pigs. <laughs> okay, pigs. Um, Cockroaches. Okay. Ugh, I know they would make me No, hold on. Do they, do they frighten you or do they just kind of like gross you out? They fucking disgust me. Okay, that's different. Like, they are horrible what, creatures. What is terrifying me. to you? That's different. Um, like, that would just be like, oh, my God, there's cockroaches on me. Like, that's different than, like, what would terrify you? Okay, two things, which I don't know how they would do the first one. Heights. I am absolutely terrified of heights. Like, I have problems getting out of How would they do that? Just get a crane. Just lift you up off the ground. You think they would do that? I mean, it's a personalized experience, Oh, my right? God. That would be horrifying. So, let, let's just imagine you hanging off the edge of a crane... Let's say 100 feet off the mm-hmm. ground. Okay. Oh my God. What happens next? Um, I would pee. It's <laughs> <laughs> a 100 foot pee. Yep. You'd be down there with binoculars, just, just looking at it and just get some dribble on your head, you know? No, I'd probably pass out because if I, if I pass out watching you get blood drawn, I'm going to pass out watching you pee 100 feet in the air, too. Um, what else am I afraid of? I'm afraid of being abducted. So they might, like find where i am and come and abduct me you know and take you up in the in in the in the, in the space needle <laughs> i don't know like maybe like and i think of harry potter when i think of this like oh you're harry you're more afraid of of being afraid and i think that's why i'm more afraid of of the the feeling of being scared which i gotcha always being up high totally makes me feel that way so what's uh what would be your safe word um flugelhorn that's from How I Met Your Mother. Pick another one. Um, uh, Maple syrup. Mulder, it's me. Mulder, it's me. Okay, perfect. <laughs> All right, so um, from this point on, in our relationship, our life, the show, everything, um, whenever I'm doing something ridiculous or something that makes you feel unsafe, uh-huh. um, just say, uh, Mulder, it's me. Okay. And I'll know to stop. Okay. All right. So well, what about you? Uh, what would your McCamey Manor experience be? Buried alive. Done. That's it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'm way more afraid of being buried alive than anything else. You just suffocate, you know? Honestly, I think it's because I'm a big person. And I don't, like, I don't mean big, like, big, 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 big. I just mean, like, you know, there are certain things that are just, like, I've always, like, felt kind of awkward in plane seats. Yeah. And um, porta potties. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, airplane bathroom. Pretty much airplanes. I've felt, Airpl- he uh, he does not like airplanes. It's not that like I have no problem flying. I have no problem. Uh, my problem is with um, the actual uh, layout of the plane 
and how they jam more people into it and don't leave room for people. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not morbidly obese, but I'm a, I'm a big guy. I got some chub going on. He's got a dad bod. I got a dad bod. Dad bods are hot now. But I'm also tall mm-hmm. and wide. And I don't mean wide fat wise. I just like, I just have a you big. Have, he has really long arms. I do. I do. I'm, I'm uh, a little um, like Da Vinci would not have drawn me basically. <laughs> um, either way. I don't like small spaces. I'm not claustrophobic by any means. I don't have a problem with small elevators or things like that. I just, my fear is being left in that place forever. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, that's a thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, spiders scare me, but like, I also know that spiders aren't out to get me. Tell the wolf, wolf spider story real quick. Oh yeah, I was cleaning. Uh, we were in li- living in Louisiana, and I was cleaning our mm-hmm. grill, and the grill cover was laying on the ground. And when I shook the grill cover out, um, like the the largest spider I've ever seen in my life. It was basically like air air. What's the Aragog? Aragog. Okay, it was not as big as Aragog. It was Aragog. Uh, <laughs> popped out of this. Probably the size of like a frisbee. And and no, that's way bigger. Yeah, it was a fucking wolf spider. It, it was, was it was a very big spider, and um, he came out of the, the the cover and and landed on the ground in front of me. And he was like, "Oh shit!" And he draked me. Like yeah. he 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 stood there, and we had a standoff. <laughs> and I was like, "Dude, Here, babe!" And babe, I just yelled, babe, for, I, "Babe, what do you do as 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 a large adult, like you know, over thirty something male? What do you do? You call for your wife." Yeah. That's what you do. <laughs> and I called for her and I don't what what happened? Did we just like I looked at it and I went, Nope, and I went back inside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh spiders and being buried alive. So being buried mm. alive with spiders, pretty horrible. Pretty I horrible. thought of one more thing for me. Hmm. Uh crowds. I hate big crowds. Like You can't do all those things together. Well, maybe they would drop me from a crane Wait, into hold a on. crowd of pigs. Oh hold on. They abduct you. From wherever, uh, and then you are suspended a hundred feet above the woodstock of pigs. Oh my god! Okay, I'm getting anxiety. Okay, right perfect. Now. That that's the thing. All right, so let's <laughs> let's move on, and we're gonna do our last segment, which is now you know. Now you know. Now you know. Now you know. So here's a couple of uh, things you should remember. Uh, after this episode, little now you know. Little cheat sheet. It's a cheat sheet for your next uh, conversation around the water cooler. Yeah. Okay. So let's go with uh, a. Mm-hmm. Like many things, we can thank the Greeks and Romans for adding elements of horror into their art. Medusa may seem ridiculous now, but imagine experiencing her before the hype, before we knew about Medusa. Yeah. It would be terrifying it'd be like people walking after th- out of the theater after watching psycho or jaws going what the fuck did i just watch mm-hmm. um before this many cultures had rituals of entering woods and caves alone in the dark these were used as rites of passage of the proof bravery i think there's a typo there there's a typo <laughs> yeah um they were used as rites of patches wow and i just messed that up <laughs> These were used as rites of passage to or prove bravery. To prove bra- oh my God. 
I blame you. Like this is it's like it's like when someone sneezes. We've been infected. It's like when someone sneezes and the and the other person sneezes. It's the coronavirus. You screw up and it's coronavirus. Corona. <laughs> corona. Life's a beach. Uh another takeaway uh is the grand French word Guignol? theater. Guignol Theater. Uh, focused on graphic depictions of murder and maiming for the sake of shocking audiences. But this is France in the 1930s. In America, we're still weirded out about breastfeeding in public. So, um, speaking of which, like the biggest things that my students have been talking about this week are breastfeeding in Chick-fil-A and the machete murder that happened down the street from our house. What? You didn't hear about this? No. So there's a... Um, at the a, Chick-fil-A on Peach Orchard? No, not at Chick-fil-A. Um, about a half mile away, there's a, a, a blood plasma center. Yeah. It's over by the Pizza Hut? Yeah. Yeah. Um, someone walked in and murdered someone with a machete. Recently? Yeah, like three days ago. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm not kidding you. Yeah. So that's another takeaway. Um, that's, that's what's happening in reality, and we're still weird about like boobs on TV. I know. Yeah. All right. So, and then our last takeaway, um, anyone who really wants to go to McKinney Manor, a place built on personalized fears and, uh, its employees own sadistic desires is bat shit crazy. Um, but if you go, please contact us and tell us about it because we really want to know and we'd love to have you on our show. Yeah. You'd basically be like, uh, the modern Odysseus. Like, yeah. If you can make it through that and you could stab the Cyclops in the eye. And you could be here with us to tell about it. We want to know about it. But, you know, but don't hurt the McCain Manor people. Yeah, they're don't. Just, don't they're st- just doing their job. Don't stab them in the eye. Yeah, All don't right. do that. All right, everybody. So, um, remember, this is Dr. Scarelove. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find us on the web at drscarelove.com. And that's drscarelove.com. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Twitter at Dr. Scarelove, also um, on Instagram. Instagram and Patreon. It's all the same Patreon, thing. Patreon, yes. DR Scare. DR Scarelove. DR Scarelove. DR Scarelove. Yeah. Yeah, I got on a repeat there. It's kind of like our dog that just keeps licking herself. Yeah. Um, uh, also, contact us at uh, drscarelove at gmail.com um, yes. with anything you want to talk about. Like, seriously, that that's what, we, like, if anybody has something they are scared of or something that they want more information about that's Or just scary. something they found scary recently in the exactly. news, on the internet, yeah. whatever. We want to hear about it. Tell us about it. We will go down that rabbit hole. We will research it in the best way we can. Then we'll open a bottle of wine, fire up the recorder, and bring oh. you an episode about it. Yeah. So, um... And please don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, email, um, leave us a message. Please. This is the way that we get more followers. Not yeah. that it's about followers, but we want to reach more horror lovers. No, so please the, let us know. It is about followers in the in the yeah. way that, like, we want to still be here. We're not we trying to, We're not trying to make money off this. We just like doing it we want people to know that they care you know that, that they care and we want to make some more friends mm-hmm. to be honest like we want to make some more people like us we want to we meet do. we want to meet do. people like us that that love um the same things we do and are curious about like the people that slow down for car accidents you know the people that like go down the rabbit hole on serial killers we want to meet those people because we want to like we want to befriend them yep yep absolutely so, that's it for today 
I'm Drew. And I'm Krista. We hope you guys have an awesome week and keep finding those rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. Peace out from Dr. Scarelove. By the way, d- peace out? Yeah, I know. It just came to me. You can you can edit that out. I'm not going to. I'm. This is still recording because you said peace out. What is this, 2002? Well, are you in in sync? Uh, what what's that uh, from? How I Met Your Mother? Peace out. Research for this episode was conducted by Dr. Krista Marie DeBanke and Dr. Drew Atana. Co-founders of the Scare Love Society.